You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We begin in verse 1, where it's the month Cheslu. That's December. And in chapter 2, verse 1, we see the month of Nisan. That's April. For four months, Nehemiah prayed. And he sought God on what to do. What was taking place in Nehemiah, for me, is my favorite Old Testament book. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to pass in the month of Cheslu, in the 20th year, I was in Shushan, the palace. And Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left in captivity and concerning Jerusalem. They said to me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. The gates thereof burn with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words. One, I sat down. Two, wept. Three, mourned. Four, fasted and prayed. Tonight, I don't want us to mix, confuse goals and purposes. And this is not a seminar. But everyone needs goals. But the goal of a goal is to find your purpose. Most people live and die and never find their purpose. Purpose is far beyond a, a goal is an aim. What are you shooting at? What's the target? But, but a purpose is why something exists. Why do I exist? What, what is my purpose? I absolutely can stand here unashamedly and tell you I know my purpose. I know why God created me. I knew I, 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 knew I fought God on why he created me because I, I didn't think he, he was making the right decision. I, I know why God created me. This place is filled and I like, remind me at the end, I like all the pastors and missionaries to stand at the end. They're everywhere. You're fulfilling God's purpose. I don't know. I can't judge another man. I think every man here is a man of God. But outside this room, I wonder how many are in pulpits that, that that's not their purpose. And I wonder how many are sitting in pews and this is their purpose. You will know your purpose when you discover your purpose. How in the world do you discover, it takes us a while to get airborne, but we'll get there eventually. How in the world do you discover your purpose? I, I want to let you know this, freshman, as you're here. You say, well, I've got to find my purpose. You probably won't. Purpose takes time. It's sort of like, and I'd like to tell you my age, but I don't tell in my age anymore. But I used to tell, especially Sunday night, a, a sweet lady came up to me on her walker. We had this special birthday party, and Jackie Van Dyke and Deacon's wives and Deacon's thank you was wonderful, and church members. And she came up on her walker and said, Pastor, she's kind of new in the church. She goes, how old are you anyway? 
And then she said this, that lady over here told me you were 98. You're not 98, are you? That should have been a real funny laugh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. If I think it's funny, you think it's funny. But uh, 98, I called her by name. She said, how old are you? I mean, you asking me? And she goes, well, what do you think? I said, well, 41. She's older than me. And I said, 41. She goes, that's what I am. Women basically lie. You know, have you ever noticed that? Oh, my goodness. My wife says, if you tell a woman tells her age, she'll tell anything. Nonetheless, goals and purposes are not the same. And I'm, I'm one of the most goal-orientated people possible. I believe in goals. Baptism goals, salvation goals, offering goals, uh, bus goals, Sunday school goals, building goals, goals, goals. And we published a calendar at the beginning of the year. Here's our goals, five-year vision a booklet. Here's our 50 goals we're trying to get done and accomplish over the next five years. Um, debt retirement goals. You name it, we have goals for everything. But goals are not purposes. A purpose, can, you can discover a purpose as a result of goals. Tonight, I, I want to try to get what, what, what creates purpose. And you're going to see it with Nehemiah. What, what creates purpose? Uh, where you really know, here I am in my life, my age, and I never had a life verse. I told a preacher, you, he said, I heard you preach a year ago, you finally got a life verse after all these decades of living. But he says, I wonder if that's the way it should be. It's just, you know, it was a, a wonderful thought. He goes, that became your life verse. I, I see how God, I'll preach the whole message, how God re, just uh, from graduation from college at that little three by five uh, manual typewriter, the president of the college said, Jack, this is your verse. None of these things move me. Neither can I my life dear unto myself so that I may finish my course with joy. I've always had a church verse. Right here it is. We've had a church verse I assigned to you, Third John verse four. Had a college verse, have it. First, uh, first Corinthians 2, 2. I determined not to know anything among you but save Jesus. Christ, him crucified. I have all these, but, but I'm going to tell you something. I never got a life verse until last year. And it was like, I see it. It's been coming my whole life. Your purpose is going to come. College students don't get weary because it may not come like it did not come to me until after college. Purpose, you, you cannot, you, 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 you have to find your purpose. So, well, from now to my purpose, how will I make it to do what I'm going to tell you to do tonight? There's certain things you have to do right now, and all of a sudden you keep doing this and doing this and doing this, and God's going to reveal His purpose for your life. Amen. We have school teachers over there at that school. School opened up today, and I tell you, it's just so amazing. All the faculty and staff. And I look at, I just saw Miss, Miss Vance back there. For She was a student in our school, and, and now for 20-some years you've been a teacher in our school. She's fulfilling her purpose. She's never preached a message. She's never received an offering plate and prayed over it as far as in the church. But she is fulfilling her purpose. Amen. There's nothing wrong, people say, from the from the, from the janitor to the pastor. Uh, why is the janitor so, so lowly? It's not lowly. It's what the Levi's were. They carried poles. They carried blankets. They carried staves. They carried furniture. 
they, uh, 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 they, they were the ones that uh, watched the door at the house of God. And, and they said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord than to buy the tents of wicked. He said, oh, the sparrows, they get to live there in the belfries. If I wish I could live at the house of God. Nothing wrong with being a janitor. I told someone the other day, if one day I get old and lose my voice and can't speak, I'd like to be the janitor around here. I still can get up in these trees and cut trees. I'm up in the trees cutting at home. I can do that. I, I, want, I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to find purpose. Illustration. David, watch it, two things. He was a shepherd and king. What came first? What came first? Shepherd. I read a book a year ago with my staff about shepherd. Sheep are about the stinkingest animals possible. They stink. They stink. David lived with them. And he spent time with them. But all of that was preparation all of that, he never lost his vision. It was preparation when he was running from Saul. It was preparation as, as even his own son Absalom. God was placing him in a place of kingship after the heart of God. And what a great king. But he had to have all, all of this was preparing his purpose. How about this here? Joseph. Second command in Egypt. He didn't start there. That was his purpose. God put him there to preserve the, the nation of Israel and to preserve his brothers. He, he didn't get there first. He got there. That's his purpose. What happened first? Guarding, attending the sheep. Uh, Genesis 37. What happened first? Uh, being a water boy to his brothers and taking them some food to eat. Uh, what was his, what, what was, what was along the line, uh, brothers that looked up and said, we hate him. And they put him in a pit and they sold him. And they wandered away from him for over 20 years. He never saw his dad, his family. And he never saw, the, what was that all? All of this over here, a lousy roommate who smells and doesn't brush his teeth, a, a, a roommate that's obnoxious. Don't ask us to move you. God puts you there. God puts you there. I called my dad. I said, Dad, my roommate comes home at 11 o'clock at night and he stinks and he never showers and it's filthy and I hate it. I'm going to get a different roommate. He goes, no, God put you there, son. Work with it. Work with it. God's preparing you for something. Well, he prepared my wife. Now she has to smell me, I guess. I'm not sure. <laughs> Joseph, he had the pit. He had the palace. He had the prison. He had the betrayal. And one day he stood before his brethren and said, I am Joseph, whom you sold into bondage. Purpose was revealed with all these. Why are you going through all these heartaches? Why are you going through all these sadnesses and sadness and, and difficulties and, 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 and just trying to keep Keep everything spinning at the same time. I think of a man by the name of Abraham. Abraham's purpose was to establish Israel. But what was first? Earl of Chaldees. And God says, I want you up, Genesis 12. Get you from your father and your kindred and from your father's house into a land that I will show thee. He got up early and started walking. But he never knew where he was going. God just says, keep walking. 
He walked 10 miles, he walked 50 miles, he walked 100 miles, he walked 200 miles, 300 miles, 400, 500, 600, 700 miles. God said, this is the place. Walking, walking all those miles, God was preparing him. I wonder if he got up every day, he said, my goal today is 10 miles. Moving this crowd, 10 miles. The, the purpose was revealed later. How about um, Amos? The great prophet Amos, but he was a herdman first. How about, how about Elisha, that, that great man of God, Elisha, Elisha who followed Elijah, but, but what was he doing? He was plowing, plowing with 12 yoke and oxen, and he was harnessed as one of the, yeah, he was out in the field. You know, you know when I, 1967, I was working in a grocery store over here, 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away in Fremont. Chuck Wall came to me one day and said, Jack, I want you to go to, listen to this, I want you to go to Santa Clara, California. Santa Clara right over here. It seemed like a long drive, not all the freeways, you know. But he said, he said, I want you to go there and I want you to work at our grocery store there. He called me that day and said, Jack, I want you to go there every day. Do you realize in 62, that little building that we tear, tore down on Clyde Avenue was a brand new building? If I would have known my purpose was to pastor in Santa Clara, California, Brother Jose, I, I, would, have, I would have driven my little car and driven by that building and looked at that beautiful that 1962 building and said, that's, I'm going to be the pastor in that auditorium. I'm going to preach really my first message right there, February the 8th, 1976. That's where I'm going to pastor. But it didn't work that way. I had to be a paper boy first. And I had to go in an ice cream truck in neighborhoods and, and, and deliver ice cream. And I had to work at an ice cream shop and scoop that. So I had to work in a radiator shop first. And the man cussed me almost every day. I had to work as a, a grocery clerk and stock on the shelves. And then I had to go to college and work in the auto parts store and then transport cars up and down the state and mop floors at night. God was training me and getting in a church and starting in, in, in northern Wisconsin and then another one in Sam, uh, Sun Prairie where it was already going and growing and just became a music friend. And then to go to Rockville, Illinois and be the janitor and the bus director and the music director. Oh, I tell you, that was all preparation. Amen. We're going to get there one of these times, but I'm loving this right here. I think tonight is Moses was taken from his family and put in a, a basket. He was raised in Pharaoh's court. An Israelite, a Hebrew, raised by, in an Egyptian setting, uh, had a silver spoon in his mouth. What was the preparation? So that one day he may come back and say, let my people go. That was his purpose. I think I'm going to drop out, drop out of Bible college. I don't know if I'm called to God and preach. You don't know that for a long time. I don't think I, I don't think, you, you, you've got all these things. We are so Burger King, have it your way, let's have it now. I'm, I'm ready to get this thing done. That you're not allowing a purpose to develop in your life. God is developing a purpose. 
I, I think of all the scores of young people in our church that have suffered through you know, family members. There's divorce and there's death and there's sorrow, separation and all the things that go on in the lives of my people. God's preparing somebody. How about the disciples? Fishermen. Fishing. Imagine what their hands must have smelled like. Why would anybody in their right mind ever want to go fishing? When you can go to a store and just buy it. I don't understand you people. You sit out there all day long and you fish. I don't understand that. I don't know. I don't, it doesn't even sound fun. And then you got to take that fish and gut it open. Poor little guy. <laughs> the disciples were fishermen. They all were doing something. And God revealed, you're going to be fishers of men. And those 12 turned the world upside down. Fishing, fishing for fish wasn't their purpose, but they're doing what they're supposed to do. And Jesus said, I will make you become fishers of men. Esther, look at her, where, where she finds herself in that this awful situation. And God raised her up to be a queen. And it wasn't the queen, that wasn't the purpose. The purpose was to Say, I want, you, I want you to protect my people. And if I perish, I perish. That was her purpose. If you and I could just give time, uh, our lives time where purpose. Parents, and I'll get to text. Parents, this is why teaching your boys especially how to wash a car is part of their purpose. I don't mean this disrespectful. But I wonder if you ever washed a car before, some of you. You start, you, you hose the whole thing down. You start at the top. And you work yourself down to the windows. And you start at the lids, hood, and the trunk. And then you come to the sides. And you go under the wheel wells. And you, you don't let the sun bake the soap on. You wash it off. And then you dry it, and then you armor all the tires, and you get that thing looking good. Then you, uh, then you vacuum the thing. Listen, th there's a, uh, say, well, I don't like washing cars. You may not like it, but it's part of developing a purpose. I don't like mowing the lawn, but it's part of developing purpose. I don't like, well, nobody throws papers anymore. I don't like this job. Well, it's part of, of, of the purpose in life. Because your purpose, when you finally get your purpose, you'll have something to really live for. You'll be able to get up in the morning without an alarm clock. You'll be able to fire up and say, I'm fulfilling what God. You say, well, I'm a businessman. I, I, that, what, what purpose is that? What do you mean, what purpose? This church is fueled because many people have the gift of giving. God gifted you with the ability to make money and all of us tithe. What if everybody was in the ministry and nobody tithe? Don't, don't, don't say, my dad was never a preacher, but he had his purpose in life. My dad was called to be a pastor. We went up here near Auburn 
We had that old 53 Chevy. We went there and we had, he preached on a Sunday morning for a church. They said, these the people called and said, we need a preacher. And my pastor said, Gubby, you go. And my dad, mother, and the three kids, we went. And he said, but I'm not a preacher. And we went there and he preached Sunday morning. Then we opened up the, tr the, the lid on the back of the station wagon and we had lunch right there. And then that night he preached again. They said, could you step outside please for a few minutes? And my mother and dad, we stepped outside and, and they said, we, we just voted unanimous. You're going to be our pastor. And my dad said this. I was just a little guy. God's not called me to pastor. But I think God may have called my wife and I to raise a pastor and maybe some Christian servants. Isn't it something? I've been a pastor all these years. And my twin sister has been a pastor's wife. And my sister, who is with the Lord, was the church organist and her husband a deacon and, and served God, did everything in the church. Amen. He said, I'm not the pastor. Just because you're not a, let's say the word notoriety or whatever you think is so important, uh, I'm the pastor. Uh, and, and pastors, we all hold that word pastor with great esteem. And I'll tell you what, God's blessed this church, but I wonder, it's not so much the pastor, I wonder how many ladies have been praying and and husbands have been praying and teenagers and children, your little children pray, bless our pastor, Mrs. T. I wonder if that's what the blessing of God has been so powerfully upon this place. You see, there has to be a purpose. I, I could go on and on through high school and all. Here, 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 here is, uh, here's Nehemiah. Here's how he developed his purpose. He was praying in verse 1, as I mentioned, he's praying in verse 1 in chapter 2 as well. One, he agonized. He agonized. And if you pray right, ladies and gentlemen, it's work. I love work. I, 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 I could dig. A, I, I, I love working in the yards. I, I love digging. I love planting. I, like, I love all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, when I compare that to prayer, that's easier than prayer. Prayer wears out your, your innermost being. When your heart is in this thing, you're praying, you're pouring out your God, heart to God and agonizing over the sheep of your flock and, and the, uh, the needs that they have and the situations that you realize, I'm helpless, you plead with God and beg with God and you get worn out. Prayer wears a person out. When we agonize, I think of some of you high school boys, now you're juniors and seniors, you're right at the end. Oh, how you need to pray that God will open your eyes to what, 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 what's the next step? Not am I called to preach? God bless you if you get that call or I don't know how all that works. But I do know if you could just say, I, I just want to be available for every opportunity, Amen. every situation. Because, and I want to pray about it. You college boys, oh, please don't let now, don't let now a day go by that you don't pray. Dear God, there's a girl perhaps on this campus, or maybe she's at home, or maybe I'll go in the ministry, you'll send her there. But there's a young lady, I'm not complete. I had a wonderful mother, wonderful dad, but dear God, I need a good wife. Give me a Proverbs 31 girl, please, dear God. You know what, if you begin to pray, if you can begin to pray as a freshman, 
and believe God and agonize in prayer. That's big. Hey, girls, that's big. Pray for a godly man. And you might marry a man of God. He agonized. He's going to find his purpose in the little. His purpose wasn't to be a cupbearer. Brother Eliud, he's a cupbearer now. But his purpose was to put a wall around Jerusalem in 52 days for 2 million Jews. That's his purpose. So he agonized. You know the second thing I see? He scrutinized. Look at what the Bible says in chapter 2, verse 11. So I came to Jerusalem. I was there three days. I rose in the night. I had some few men with me. Neither I told any man what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. He said, I went by night by the gate of the valley. I viewed the walls. There was no place to pass under me. Verse 15, I, I got up in the night. I viewed the walls. You know what he did? He not only agonized, but he scrutinized. He began to see, what's the situation here? What do I need to do? How do I need to handle this? We are so impetuous. And you're looking at the hallmark man of impetuous. I, I think I, sometimes I have a Peter life, you know, let me whack that ear off. Let's go forward. He scrutinized. Take time to look and see what the situation is. Take time to scrutinize. Take time to add, and, and, analyze. And then he mobilized in chapter 3. He put all these people, and they worked by their houses to put the wall back up. Everybody had a task. In college, part of your life is to learn to mobilize people on a bus route or as a worker in a junior church or in your college choir and mobilize it. Now, some will say this, oh, I wouldn't join the choir. I wouldn't join the college choir. I wouldn't do that. That's the kind of people you want to get away from. You want to get around somebody that's, oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I like to do that, too. We're going to have a, a door-knocking campaign with C Sunday School. Brother Robert Simmons has it all organized. Let's say, hey, let's, man, this ought to be awesome. It'd be great. Amen. Mobilized. Number three, number four, he was criticized. For the sake of time, I'm already over time. In verse two, chapter 2, verse 10, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, chapter 6, 1 through 3, he was, he was criticized by Sam Ballot, uh, and he was Geshem the Arabian, and Tobiah. They criticized him. People will criticize you when you're trying to fulfill your purpose. And you don't know what your purpose is, but it's going to be developed. It's going to be developed. Uh, the fourth I see, not only was he agonized, he scrutinized, he mobilized, he was criticized. <laughs> You're going to help me with this one. I said to the media team today, I said, don't give me the name. I don't, I'm going to ask the people. I can't get the I's, I-Z-E-D on, on this one. You're going to get it from me tonight. Not out loud, but afterwards you're going to give, give it to me. He labored. He worked. 24 times this book, he's working. He workized. He laborized. Uh, that's, that's not right. He sweatized. Uh, I don't know what it is, but will you get me? Could I put someone in charge of that eyes? I, you have no idea. Yeah, Jason, I thought you'd raise your hand. God bless you. Um, tell me when you get it, okay? All right. 
Anybody else have it right there? Anybody? You'll get it this, you'll get it tonight. You know what he did? He always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Just keep working. Amen. But I have a, 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 a dumpy old job. I've stocked the shelves at the store. What's so wrong about that? Well, I just sweep sidewalks and I put a blower on the back of me and I go to this parking lot, this business over here, and I clean it up and I wash windows. What's wrong with that? God's preparing you. Brian, you've been such a blessing to my wife and I and your wife got saved here just while you both baptized. She's at the hospital working tonight, I believe. I think of your life and all that God's done in your life and what he's done for you and to the point of death and you know all about that. I wonder what God's preparing you for. I think what you're doing is great. You're Sunday school, Sunday, I mean you're here, you're sitting next to Brother Shilton snoring together with him down there and uh, <laughs> Brother Langston, I'm sorry Brother Shilton, that was really I call Brother Langston Brother Shilton. But you know, you wonder how God's preparing you like he prepared Joseph, how he prepared David, how he prepared here. Number six, I'll quit, he vocalized. In chapter three, verse six, they said, come join us. He said, I'm doing a great work, I cannot come down. I'm in Bible college, I'm not leaving. I'm in the Christian school, I'm not leaving. I, I'm like, my kids are grown up now and I'm still gonna live for God, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Why do we quit church once we've raised our kids? Well, I think I'm gonna quit my class now. I'm old, our kids are raised, I'm 49 years old, I think I'll quit. Why? Why? I'm in this thing. Lastly, he realized Success. Chapter 6, verse 15, so finished we the wall. There's two things to remember. I want my purpose, so I'm going to have to work. Then secondly, and we don't have time to develop it, you have to obey. You have to obey. That's a stupid rule. We don't say stupid around here. That's a dumb rule. That's an idiotic rule. Why'd they make that rule? I went to Bible college and my president of my college, he had a rule on top of a rule on top of a rule. And those rules were crazy. They, they, they were just out of bounds. They were, and I'll never forget after we started a college, I, I, I said, you know those rules that I remember talking before this, but I said those rules you had, they, they were out of bounds until I started a college and began one. You know, God only gave us 10 commandments. We don't really have a lot of commandments here. Somewhere around here, I have all the rules and regulations of 20 minutes up the road, Stanford University, 1,200 pages of rules, of rules. Our little rule book is about that, that big. But it's amazing some people will not be able to obey those little rules. He said, what is this, a boot camp? Sort of. Because we'll come check your room every day. 
And we'll find out if mama taught you how to make a bed. You say, why, why do that? Sir, you're going to get married. You're going to be making a bed the rest of your life. That's the way it works. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm done. It was a light, a light came on. And both events were 10 years. I was married for 10 years, and it was like a light came on. I, and I, I'm not saying I, I, the last 40 since that 10 years, I understand marriage always. But I understood marriage. I understood it. It took me 10 years, plus all the years ahead of time, watching my mom and dad. And it was like a light came on. And I was almost 10 years Almost exactly 10 years, I was pastoring this church. We were growing 100 a year, 100 a year. First 26 years, 100. But after 10 years, after 10 years, I understood the pastor. I understood what type of preacher I could have in here and what preacher I could not. I, I, I just sort of figured it out. I figured out exactly, the, and I was trying to be a good pastor, but it was like the light went on. You know what happened? Around that time, and I knew I'd come here to spend my entire life, by God's grace, if you'd let us stay. But I realized I understood my purpose. I fought God because I'd get nervous and I'd stutter. I fought God because I wasn't talented. I fought God, God because I saw my roommates getting messages to preach, and they preached, and I thought, how do they do that? I fought God because I saw them taking Hebrew and Greek and passing it, and I, I, I had to go to English 99, which all good Christians go to. And I had to learn to study. But I'm going to tell you something, when I, when I really, I mean before this, yes, but when I really, I had goals, I had all, but when I, when I figured out what I was supposed to do, there's a passion in here. Some of you better find your passion, your purpose. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.